0: Oklahoma lawmaker recently introduced a bill to establish a so-called Bigfoot hunting season, which would run from early October until whenever you accidentally shoot a man because you think he's
3: Bigfoot. Hilarious. <laughs> Bigfoot hunting season. Not the not the time of the year to try out your new fur coat and fur hat.
4: Yeah. If you're, if if you're out a, of the woods, hairy chested man, don't sunbathe in that
3: area. <laughs> That's funny. It reminds me. My kids are both terrified of going through puberty because they don't want to have hair on their chest or under their armpits. Yes, you do, lads. And they're just terrified, and it comes up on a semi-regular basis where Henry thinks he sees a hair on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> you not uh, No, it's going to happen, whether you like it or not. Um, some good COVID news I'll hit you with in just a, a little bit. Some Some pretty good COVID news. Uh, there's some sketchy COVID news out there, but some really good COVID news. We'll get to that. But now a feature I want to call What in the World? That's right. (laughs) Stories from around the globe. That's why it's called What in the World?
4: First, this is becoming a well-oiled machine.
3: First, we start south of the border in Mexico, where the president, who is a big-time COVID denier and really refused to wear a mask and was into that whole machismo thing, uh, has got the COVID. Now, I in general have not been into um, mocking people who criticize various COVID policies for catching the COVID because it doesn't mean they were wrong. But it it is something. He was like really into being in big crowds with no mask on, and now he's got the COVID. So kissing randos. Yeah, he's an old man, and we'll we'll see how he turns out. Um. Another uh, where in the world or, or what in the world story. In India, they got serious protests going on because of some new laws around agriculture. And I mean serious protests. And something like 80% of the people in India work in the agriculture industry. So it's almost everyone. 80% of a billion plus is a lot of people. Hells yeah. Protesters use tractors to pull apart barricades, prompting the police to fire tear gas. Only one person has died in that giant country so far, so not that big a deal. but they put up the big cement barricades. Well, you're dealing with farmers here. so they showed up with giant tractors and pulled them up, just pulled them out of the way. And then finally, this story. Which I found amazing from the weird culture. Showing up to a protest with a tractor. We'll get there. We're almost there. <laughs> Slow going from the weird culture that is South Korea, and we've talked about this a lot over the years. And there are documentaries you can watch. It's fascinating. It's one of the, one of the most successful countries on earth, but they are they they drive themselves and their kids so hard that a lot of them are uh, miserable. It's fascinating stuff. Well, this young actress just killed herself. And the case follows a string of suicides by young entertainers in the country, and they're trying to take a look at what's going on there. The suddenness of Ms. Song's death. She was a child star and then you know went on to be a slightly older star, and she's now 26. She didn't go the skanky route like Miley Cyrus, who was a child star as Hannah Montana, and then decided to completely reverse field and become the skankiest 28-year-old in America. She's performing in the uh, pregame ceremony of the Super Bowl. Oh, good. She makes me feel uh, like i got to get a lice comb just watching her on TV. Should I say that? Probably shouldn't say that. Um, So this uh, South Korean uh, actress woman, she killed herself, and it brought to mind the series of suicides that has plagued Korean pop music in recent years. So you look at K-pop, like Uh that band MBS or MTCS, BTS. Uh, and they're the most popular musicians on planet Earth.
4: It's not even really close either.
3: Um, and they they look relatively happy. They're, they're androgynous. Uh, they are hairless. My son will be happy to hear. They are androgynous, hairless uh, boys dancing around uh, to love songs. But a lot of them are really miserable. Alarms have long been raised over the pressures imposed by South Korean management companies on young entertainer, young entertainers many of whom are groomed, starting as teenagers, to be pop idols. Now, this happens all over the world, happens in the United States.
4: Yeah, the the, uh, the what was the guy in Florida, the Ron Perlman, who uh, kind of put together the Sync and the, yeah. those things? Yeah. Like, he had a factory where sure. yeah, there were tryouts all the time.
3: Their looks are closely scrutinized, you know, that happens all the time, too, and their tightly choreographed lives are often broadcast on social media platforms that expose them to both uh, adulation, fan mail, and hateful comments. That also is true everywhere, including, obviously, the United States. For many, their time in the limelight is limited if they ever reach star status, and by their late 20s, many are considered replaceable. Again, none of this is new to the um, uh, lives of young pop stars. But a number of K-pop stars who have taken their own lives spoke of the struggles with their mental health and the toll of cyberbullying. She's an up-and-coming actress, Miss Song, who just recently died at age 26, began her acting career at 20, appeared in commercials, and she's a child star. Celebrity suicides involving actors and others has been a fixture in the South Korean news media over the past decade or more. Hmm. In recent years, attention has fallen most sharply on deaths in the K-pop industry, one of the country's most successful cultural exports. Um, in 2017, their biggest star, who, who I didn't know, killed himself at 27, leaving a note saying he'd be overcome by depression. 25-year-old, the, 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 the next biggest star after that, also killed themselves after relentless cyberbullying. Um, I don't know how much of that has to do with the pop star thing. Cause again, we have exactly the same sort of thing in the United States, but they've got the suicide problem at higher levels than anywhere in the world already with your young people. So I think they'd probably be better taking a look at that than the specific aspect of being a celebrity that whole, Oh, I talked about this. So I have a friend who came from Asia and she's super smart and a college professor, I think at this point, um, And she was talking to me about how, as one of the smarter kids at the school, she was from Vietnam, how driven you had to be. And how she finds it amusing anytime a big deal is made out of a high school student who gets a perfect score on the SAT, often makes the news. Where she came from in Vietnam, and she qualified for some special school in China, which she said only the best of the best in the entire world get into. And she was just another nobody at that school, having been one of the smartest people in the entire country that she came from. But she said when she was growing up, it was considered mandatory that you get a perfect on the SAT, the kind of school she went to. You failed if you didn't get a perfect score. Then she got shipped off to China and she said she was so depressed and she had a friend who um who fell apart emotionally and they have all kinds of mental problems because they're just pushed so hard and the expectations are so high and you're considered I don't I don't know in the Western world if we can understand the whole shame thing or bringing shame on your family thing in the way that they do in other countries. But you're just a disaster and an embarrassment to your family if you don't succeed at a certain level. And a lot of people kill themselves. What an awful, awful culture that is. We certainly don't do that in the United States. We're way, way the other direction, probably too much the other direction. But that's wild. South Korea, what a fascinating thing. And uh, maybe this actress girl killing herself will... You know, cause more people to take a look at things and decide, eh, maybe a perfect score on your SAT and getting straight A's isn't the only thing that matters in life. Be worth taking a look at. Uh, we do want, need to get to some of those positive COVID stats, including one that will really stand out as a good thing. This is huge. First time it's happened during the entire pandemic. It's huge. I also have this headline to get to. PETA's monkey labor claim sees another big casualty. I don't understand that sentence at all. I don't know which words I was supposed to emphasize or how I was supposed to read it to have it make sense. So if it didn't make sense to you, don't worry about it. But we'll fill in the details coming up next.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The
2: Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: Even his allies concede that Joe Biden isn't as quick as he used to be. It now takes him an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes. Hmm. But to be fair, Biden's administration may be the fastest in history. We are less than a week in, and the White House has already ended immigration enforcement, sent American troops into armed conflict, crippled the last remaining independent sector of our economy, and officially, for the first time in human history, denied the biological reality of sex differences. That all happened in three and a half business days. Amazing. Google is getting its money's worth.
3: It is going to be interesting to see what happens with the Biden administration, because he's stepping into, man, there's an economic crash coming. I think everybody knows that. Housing crash, economic crash at some point, and then the COVID thing. Um, To the um, uh, various things with uh, trans folks getting to participate in in, uh, sports, or back in the military or anything like that. Specifically on the sports, we got this text. Pretty good. In all fairness, should Olympics reverse rulings and give medals back to East Germany and the Soviet Union for their pioneering work in gender equity athletics? Massive commie female weightlifters and shot putters were great TV but were discriminated against as women. Remember, it used to be a big deal when they uncovered that an East German athlete, female athlete, was actually a dude. Or The Soviet Union did that a lot, but it's really big among... Chinese swimmers and East German women. Maybe they should go back, give them the medals, and say congratulations on your pioneering work in gender equity. Since that's the direction we're going. Uh, I had one more thing I wanted to mention to you before I get to the monkey labor. Which is quite a story.
4: I don't know why you're keeping that from us, but...
3: (laughs) Uh, Got some COVID news. The doctor's in. Now, I was going to go with You're in the doctor's office.
4: That's it. The doctor will see you now. See, it doesn't even work when I say it.
3: eh. (laughs) The music doesn't show up if you say it. I have to say it to trigger it. Um, A couple of COVID stories that are definitely worth mentioning. Where we are on um, the virus right now, and there's there's plenty of good news to go around. For instance, the 14-day rolling average, which I've been talking about a lot, that the New York Times puts out every day. And there's been times where it's going up 60%, you know, that sort of thing. New deaths down 3% on the rolling average. New cases down 31% on the rolling average. That's absolutely fantastic. I would like to know how much of that has to do with the vaccine. i got to believe very little. It's got to be mostly just the COVID has hit some places hard and now it goes on because there's... Nobody left to infect or something like that? Did things come and go? As a percentage
4: rate, like, we're not vaccinating a lot, but the fact that we're vaccinating more than we ever have before, well, certainly not responsible for all of it. I feel like it has to be part of it, at least. I'm sure it
3: plays a role, but... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe some smart person can figure that out. But what's the stat you hit me with that I thought was amazing?
4: Uh, we are vaccinating more people every day than new cases reporting, according to, to Nate Silver.
3: For the first time ever, obviously, because yeah. we didn't have a vaccine at all until a few weeks ago.
4: It seems like a meaningful threshold it to pass. It
3: really does. More people got the vaccine put in their arm than got, than got a te- positive COVID test for the first time ever. And that's that's super good news now we need to uh, ramp that up as we got those new strains out there. And that's something to worry about. But I wanted to stay positive as you're in the doctor's office. (laughs) Um, The story's mostly funny, but if you get into the details, it's very, very sad. So I should probably stay on the funny end of it. A brand of coconut milk is disappearing from the shelves of America's retailers thanks to an effort by PETA. Or do you say PETA? The People for the Ethical ethical Treatment of Animals. Target, I'm a Target stockholder. Target on Monday confirmed to USA Today that it no longer sells chakow coconut milk. That's C-H-A-O-K-O-H. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's a brand of coconut milk. After PETA accused the brand of relying on forced monkey labor. What? This brand of coconut milk is being brought to you by forced monkey labor. How do you force a monkey to labor?
4: Monkeys are very free-spirited animals, and strong.
3: Uh, This is where it turns sad. Since 2019, PETA has been investigating what it calls the chained monkey's misery at the hands of these coconut producers who are allegedly kidnapping the monkeys in the wild and put them to work picking coconuts from trees. They keep them chained to trees and make them work, well, like slaves.
4: And they just instinctively grab coconuts off the tree or whatever? Huh.
3: Uh, the company has denied that it's using monkey slaves. Yeah, I would deny that, too. Ah, oh, you caught us. Yep, we're using monkey slaves. Oh, any, that, other, any other questions? Is that frowned upon? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, it said a random sampling it did of 8% of its 800 farms confirmed that. Well, we did. We checked out, uh, you know, 8% of our farms, and we saw zero monkey slaves. So I think we're in the clear.
4: I'm not a math expert, but that's like three
3: farms they look at. <laughs> Target follows Costco and Wegmans, which both confirmed that they no longer carried the product. So obviously, they believe it, or the pressure from PETA was just enough. Um, that's something. I didn't know that that was happening anywhere in the world where monkeys were being used. Now, the Thailand they're going to be
4: really upset when they figure out how I'm getting these monkeys to to bang away on these typewriters to try out <laughs> that experiment,
3: trying to get the completed work of Shakespeare. <laughs> Uh Thailand's ambassador to the US, United States says this is not happening, that monkeys are not being used, as PETA has claimed. PETA counters that producers have made their use of monkeys less obvious by doing things like bringing them on site at harvest time only.
4: And they put on the Groucho Marx glasses, so it's harder to tell.
3: <laughs> is that a monkey or just a hairy dude? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, that's quite a story there. Two-thirds of American parents wouldn't be able to help their kids with homework without Google. We could talk about that at some point. Um, Godiva chocolate is going out of business because of the COVID. It's going to close all 128 of its stores. They're they're going to still be in business online, but their their stores are closing. I don't know if I can nail down Godiva particularly as a chocolate. I like chocolate a lot. My wife is really into chocolate. We do there's a pop-up seas candy store near us that happens at Valentine's Day and Halloween and that sort of stuff. But I don't know if I've been into a Godiva.
4: Godiva's good stuff. It's a it's on the upper tier of. It's your a higher chocolates. end. It's more expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good.
3: I think I notice a difference in the price of chocolate. I, I feel would... like if I pay more for chocolate, I notice it.
4: Yeah, I would agree with
3: that. You know what I'm really into now? I don't know if I've mentioned this on the air. I just discovered recently the Nutrageous bar. The Nutrageous bar. Have you ever had a Nutrageous I don't think bar? I so. Never uh, heard of it. Really. See, I was in the same camp, and my wife couldn't believe that I'd never had a Nutrageous bar. And she turned me on to it, and now it's by far my favorite candy bar. It is my favorite candy bar. I've eaten one practically this, every day for the last two so weeks.
4: So it's put out by the Reese's? Is it a Reese's brand thing, or is it individual of that?
3: I didn't look into whether they have monkey labor or
4: what brand owns them. It seems like if Reese's was getting uh, trying to stand on Snickers Corner. That's what it seems like to me. It's a
3: Snickers ish Reese's product. Yeah, yeah. And whether or not monkeys are picking the peanuts, I have no idea.
4: We're Um, assuming not at this point.
3: (laughs) I'm going to go with they're not, that it's human beings being paid wages. But uh, that's my new favorite candy bar, the Nutrageous Bar. And I don't think it's made with super fancy. It's
4: got six grams of protein. So there There you go. There you go. Come on. Practically a health (laughs) bar.
3: Um, but so Godiva's changing, uh, closing 188 stores nationwide. Joe mentioned how many business closed worldwide. They think it's a quarter of a billion. They think businesses have closed already worldwide because of the pandemic. Absolutely amazing. Um, some stuff that a school board member
4: said. Is that who it was? Well, no. This is the uh, this is the pamphlet that was being sent oh, right, around. Right, 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 right,
3: right, right. That's the that's, yeah. the, that's the that's the we're going to do this because if you haven't heard it, it's absolutely amazing what your kids might be learning in school. Stay tuned for that.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we
3: were just talking about this coconut milk brand that's been pulling out of Target and Costco and some other places because PETA claims that this coconut milk brand in Thailand they're using monkey slave labor to pick the coconuts and that's abhorrent and then we got this text sorry to hear about the monkey labor signed horses which is a pretty excellent point since horses are regularly throughout history and still today tied to various things doing manual labor against their will nah no they like it makes yes. them feel like they're uh, they got a purpose and at that point the only argument you could make is well monkeys are smarter and then we got to start deciding what uh work we can do and make animals do based on how smart they are how about uh, sled horses or, or dogs do- sled dogs dogs are smart and uh they pull sleds around against their will tied to a sled huh these all need to be looked at um coming up in just a little bit uh weirdness in the stock market and it might get a little bit to the whole all these new people that are investing and not quite understanding how things are going or maybe people are just getting better at gaming the whole system that's part of it i
4: think that might be yeah
3: that's it and it's an anniversary of a celebrity death that's getting a lot of attention all on the way
5: got this uh from uh one of our beloved listeners it is a magazine jack teaching tolerance and it is a, a wokeivist magazine that is distributed by the teachers unions and forced into the mailboxes of teachers across the country these are these uh, the same teachers unions by the way that are refusing to educate your children uh but they are still anxious anxious to indoctrinate them i saw a story the other day there's a high school in San Francisco Lowell High which for years was uh, for many years, was legendary as an academic powerhouse. Kids came out of Lowell High and they had to take like two classes to get a college degree because they had so many advanced placements, with such high standards hmm. and the rest of it. Then it was decided a couple of years ago that, well, too many Asian kids, especially too many white kids. So we're going to open it up. We're going to have quotas and now it's not that way anymore and indeed it's gone even farther than that which is not shocking in San Francisco and they are now uh force feeding so-called anti-racism lessons which we need a good name for because so many people are new to this concept like uh, uh, Chris Wallace on Fox News had no idea what uh anti-racism training was or critical theory, critical race theory Joe Biden has no idea um but so they're forcing one of these lessons down everybody's throats via the Zoom the other day. Uh, a lesson on anti-racism at San Francisco's academically elite Lowell High School, decreasingly elite, but turned hateful and obscene Wednesday with public posts spewing derogatory anti-Semitic comments and racist messages about black people. Now, I absolutely uh, decry anti-Semitism, racism, the, the people posted pornographic images, etc. Oh, no. I, I do like the idea of people finding a healthy way, a non-obscene way, certainly a non-racist way, to uh, uh, disrupt this garbage when it happens. But again, some of the specifics of this are indefensible, and we will not defend them. number of articles and note in this teaching tolerance magazine that your kid's teacher is reading. Uh, they start with the events of the troubling summer, the various uh, black men killed or wounded by police, uh, some of whom were absolutely justified, some less so, but of course they consider them all of a kind. Typically, and then they talk about uh, uh, the uh, weaponization of whiteness. This is what your kids are being taught now. Typically, the weaponization of whiteness happens this way. There's a demonstrated sense of entitlement, anger, and need for retaliation, feigned fear, and finally, white fragility. It's easy to recognize this pattern when it's caught on video. We can observe for ourselves racial slurs, exaggerated fear, and the privilege of whiteness forcefully taking up space. But when we publicly shame white people caught on video or demand severe penalties for their transgressions, we're individualizing racism. Now, wait a minute. They're pointing out that's wrong. You do not find a person doing something bad. We're individualizing racism rather than seeing how it can easily manifest in any white person because of how whiteness works in our society. Wow, this stuff is so evil. God, this is like out of Nazi Germany or something. Exactly, yeah. Do not judge the individual Jew for they are all guilty of their Jewishness. Exactly. Right.
3: Which always, when I would read about it, sounded so crazy. And I always thought, how did people fall for that or get whipped up in it because it sounds so crazy? Now we're doing it in the United States
5: with white people. White supremacist or anti-black attitudes don't belong to only one ideology, one political party, or one particular geographical location. These attitudes exist across different regions, socioeconomic classes, income levels, etc. Since both anti-blackness and white supremacy are baked into our country's foundations, they often play out in our daily lives. Oh, white supremacy is baked into our country and its institutions. Educators recognize when their authority is being tested and sometimes react in counterproductive ways. This is entitlement to power and challenges to authority. To me, this is they're quoting a teacher, a humanities teacher, and founding member of Building Anti-Racist White Educators, a group. To me, the weaponization of whiteness in schools describes the manner that minor issues, like a student coming to class late or cutting class, end up spiraling into more serious disciplinary issues that can have dire consequences for students. As a white, oh, he works predominantly with black and Latinx students in his Philadelphia high school. As a white man, he says, the weaponization of whiteness is something he consciously is fighting in his own practice. Quote, I have to actively resist the urge to maintain power or control in my classroom. He has to actively resist the urge to maintain control of his classroom? And if he did, it's not because he's a teacher. It's because he's white. It's white supremacy. Ah, bah, bah, bah. To control the classroom and especially resist the anger that can bubble up in me when that control is called into question. I actively work against these impulses in my practice. But even after years of doing this, it still takes work. So he has said, I have lost control of my classroom and I'm working hard to make sure I, I keep that way. Crazy. Then you have this interview with this woman who wrote an anti-racist book. There is nothing more racist in the anti-racist movement. They are straight out of the Klan, straight out of Nazi Germany. One curious note: she makes references to young folks spelled with an X, F O L X. What is it with the X in you people? Why are you so obscene? What is that one? I don't know. There's no like women exer Latina. I just why would you change F O L K S? Uh, We're running out of time. But in this, the entire article is dedicated to teaching children. Your parents are wrong. You don't have to agree with your parents. You are the leader. You are the enlightened. Your parents are the old. This whole article is getting children to undermine their parents.
3: Which is horrifying. We talked uh, earlier about a Washington Teachers Union president that says reopening schools is an example of white supremacy. Reopening schools is an example of white supremacy. Concern over a child's mental health or suicide risk is white privilege. And push to reopen schools is like rioters pushing to enter the U.S. Capitol. A lot of educators are completely nutso. Completely nutso. Uh, human-sized thermometers might be coming to a restaurant. What?
4: Or business near you. That doesn't, I don't know how I take my, it's the size it's of it. It's going to hurt.
3: Wow. It's going to hurt. <laughs> um, uh, human-sized thermometers and a bunch of other stuff <laughs> on the way. <laughs>
2: Getty Show.
1: A return to school is proving even more elusive in many communities. In the Las Vegas area, after a rise in student suicides, Clark County school district leaders are now making plans to phase students back into in-person learning, per a report from the New York Times. But in Chicago, teachers union members voted to refuse to go back into the classrooms in defiance of the city's reopening plan, upsetting some parents and students. The disruption of a strike to these vulnerable children is traumatizing and will impact their education and mental health. I need a break from my mom.
3: <laughs> I just need to go back to school. We really only played that to hear that little kid say, I need a break from my mom. I need to go back to school. <laughs> it's funny how I've encountered that so much. The parents saying, yeah, of course I love my kids, but, you know, not really designed to be with them all day, every day, um, uh, forever. And the kids feel the same way, you know. Need a little change of pace there. Um, be prepared to walk into a building and see a five-foot-tall five foot talking thermometer. Tell you about that in a second. I was happy to see this from Dr. Fauci. Oh, speaking of kids first. Um, I don't know who this author is, uh, wrote this story in the New York Times, but I'm going to look into this book. It was... Uh, a guy who's a parent saying, you know, I'm 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 okay with my parenting skills. I hadn't read a lot of books about parenting. I figured, you know, I had good parents. I'll figure it out. I'm more or less the same way. I don't think it'll be that hard. But then you end up with some um, unique situations that you think, my parents didn't have to deal with this. I don't know how to deal with it. This is unusual. And he's talking particularly about the pandemic and how his kids were uh, struggling with being home so much, like that little kid just saying, I need to get away from my mom. You know, kid, kids are in a different situation than, than than most of us ever were. And he recommended this book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. And this person who wrote the New York Times said, I'm not really into this sort of thing, but I thought this book was really helpful. So I'm going to seek it out. How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk, since we're all spending more time with our kids than we were ever expecting. Uh, Dr. Fauci was on Fox today, and I was happy to hear him say this, because I've seen him on so many cable news channels interviewed by so many people recently, and they all want to find a way to try to get him to say something bad about Doc, uh, Donald Trump. That seems to be the whole point of the thing. And Donald Trump did this and wasn't prepared enough and made this mistake and made you feel like this, didn't he? And just Can you write a book about this someday? And we'll all marvel at that. But how about for today, in the midst of the worst pandemic in a century, we talked to one of the leading experts in the world only about the pandemic today. And Dr. Fauci said on Fox today, quote, that he's not enthusiastic at all about reexamining what happened back then rather than looking forward to what we need to do now. So I wish all the news outlets would quit trying to make it, you know, their usual. Find some conflict, some points of difference between Fauci and Trump. And let's talk, talk about those rather than just what needs to happen today. There'll be books written about this. There will be documentaries made or something. He'll uh, write a book.
4: People in the present don't care about the lens of history. They want, uh, I want to
3: feel good now. <laughs> Human-sized thermometers. Five-foot-tall th- talking thermometers. Apparently, they're happening locally around here and all across the country. It's uh, called a clear scan. A lot of companies are buying them with some of the CARES money they've got because if you have this thermometer, there's a chance you might be able to open when you wouldn't otherwise and so nobody has to touch anything it's it looks like a giant ipad it's on a stand and you walk up to it and it and it it talks to you a little bit and says stand there and then it scans your face if you don't have a mask on it has the ability to read your face and say put on a mask because you're supposed to leave your mask on Mm -hmm. then it takes your temperature about whether or not you're in the normal range or too hot or whatever and then you can go into the restaurant or the bookstore or the whatever and um Hopefully this will speed up the comeback. I still don't quite understand, since a lot of people don't get symptoms, or you might not get the fever until after you've gotten the COVID, I still don't understand why a temperature check is seen as such a, well, you're all clear. It's not Better than nothing, I guess? It's an
4: indicator that you are not at the most contagious, just spewing out virus stuff at the moment. But there there are such large windows of transmissibility that don't uh, come with a temperature. I
3: guess the point is, you know, you eliminate... You know, why wouldn't you want to eliminate people that are so sick they have a temperature? I guess that's the deal. Because they like they do that at my kid's school, you can't walk on the campus without getting your temperature ticked.
4: <laughs> I, I saw one lady sharing a story on Twitter where she, it's her job to hold a little temperature gun to people's heads as they come into the office. and the The gun read out just fine, but the person who took the temperature stood back and, and just loud enough so everybody could hear. Oh, oh, what my temperature is a hundred! Oh my goodness, let me go home <laughs> and just walked out and went home for the day. Awesome. Her temp was uh, the temp was like ninety eight. It was regular.
3: I can see doing that at some jobs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm sitting in there. I'm sitting in my car. I got a I got a hot pad to my head. I'm doing everything I can. I'm running laps. Oh, a buck too. I guess. I guess I. I don't want to go home. I love you all so much, but I probably should I quarantine. Wish, I
4: wish I could. Oh man, there's so much to do.
3: Should probably quarantine for two weeks. Uh, I mentioned the Super Bowl, uh, which is coming up. Super Bowl fifty-five. Miley Cyrus is doing the pregame. Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan are doing the national anthem. Eric Church is a country artist. He
4: is a Jasmine? Or his name is Jasmine? Eric Church
3: is a country artist. Jasmine Sullivan is singing with him, and I think she's a hip-hop person, I think.
4: Jasmine Sullivan. That's a cool name.
3: And then uh, that's the national anthem. And then her, H-E-R. Do I know her? Uh, She's been... uh... Performs with the Lampshades or something? Oh, I, that person, yeah. She's been on yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
4: on SNL a yeah. couple yeah. times at least. Yep, yep, yep. yep. No, or was that Sia? Oh, my goodness.
3: She's going to sing on America the Beautiful, and then the halftime show is The Weeknd, which is a weird name for it. And that's a dude, right?
4: Yes, I continue to be confused at his, uh, his commercial mass market appeal when he's essentially making uh, songs about late-night cocaine club binges. Well, um, he's
3: the halftime show. Yeah. So Super Bowl 55, and that means Tom Brady having been in 10 of them, 10 out of 55, practically a fifth, practically, what would that be? Like 18% of all the Super Bowls wow. Tom Brady has played in. which is just amazing. Uh, what's the current line on that?
4: Uh, still about three and a half uh, with the, the, the Chiefs are the favorites, despite the, uh, the Buccaneers playing at home. The Super Bowl's in Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, the first time that's ever happened. Uh, the 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 over-under was somewhere in the uh, the high 50s, which seems reasonable to me, but I, I don't know. I haven't actually done a, a proper sports bet in quite some time.
3: If a Super Bowl venue holds, let's say, 80,000 people, that'd be a really big one. Let's say 70,000 people. Mm-hmm. How many of them are local to that town who are fans who want to go to the game? Not very in many. In a typical Super yeah. Bowl, I would say... A... Th- Maybe a 1,000. The Super Bowl being in your town doesn't make it very much more likely well, that you're would... going to attend than if it weren't.
4: Well, no, because even the, t- the season ticket holders are more likely to sell their tickets sure. than they are to go to the game. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I would say I would be shocked if it was more than a 1,000 local fans that were there so, during the season. So
3: there shouldn't be much of a home field advantage, if any. Typically not,
4: think. and it's also going to be a reduced capacity thing, right. I think.
3: at the end there. That's my favorite part. Haunting. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, me, uh, Michelangelo. Let's get a final thought.
4: Yeah, you know, the area where I live, there's supposed to be rain and like 15 mile an hour winds. I'm going to go to a restaurant where they only allow outdoor dining and
3: insist <laughs> in the midst of the storm. <laughs> they would serve me outside. 60 mile an hour wind, rain coming down sideways. Yeah, I'm going to be like one of those reporters in a hurricane, you know, only with food out there just eating. Awesome. It's happening winter, crazy winter weather from California to Boston, almost entirely interrupted across the country. And, I mean, like record-breaking stuff across the entire United States. You keep using a state and a city as the borders, and for some reason that makes me angry. <laughs> That's funny. I heard it reported that way, and it didn't even strike me. But, yeah, that is weird. Um, Here with a final thought, Sean. Yeah,
4: I, I, for the first day in several days, actually, I have nothing planned after today. And this is going to be great. I get to do whatever I want. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to waste so much time today. It's going to be fantastic.
3: Well, I haven't had a day where I could do whatever I wanted in at least 12 years. Yeah,
4: mine's been like four or five days. I'm really starting <laughs> to feel like, oh, man, what about me
3: time? I think I might lock up if I had a whole day where I could do whatever I wanted.
4: Yeah, I feel, I feel it. Yeah, totally relatable as <laughs> I've gone almost six days without it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh you would be
4: simpatico on that
3: <laughs> my uh my final thought would be i had a final thought oh we helped to move some furniture yesterday joe was downsizing because you know he had a family of five and now he's down to it's him and judy and so i got his table with all his chairs and uh moved them and they're very very heavy the man likes heavy furniture
4: that used to be a sign of quality or it used yeah, to be oh, desirable yeah. in, in some ways but i see a heavy thing i'm like why would i buy that
3: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. You can go to our website. A lot of the stuff we talked about, articles, videos, whatever, is there at armstrongandgetty.com. Getty dot Godzilla. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. As the athletes would say, we've left it all in the field. And when it's over, it is over, it is over. And boom goes the dynamite.
0: It was
5: a bonehead idea. I'm not here to browbeat anybody. Incited the erection. Insurrection. Oh,
0: my word. That is
5: the climax
0: of foolishness.
4: I'm
1: gonna
0: call my lawyer gun. Come on! The order in the
1: house.
5: (laughs) It's just too great.
1: Do you actually like haggis?
5: No, I think it's repellent in every way. In fact, I think most Scottish cuisine is based on a dare. Armstrong and Getty.
1: Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Minnie Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of mini questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.